This program is powered by Tascam. Tascam's mini studio creator, US42, is your new personal production and online broadcast studio featuring a professional quality audio interface and a number of unique real-time effects. The mini studio creator delivers everything you need for your podcast or webcast. Find out more at Tascam.com, part of the Gibson family of brands. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do you hear that? Hear what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of message. And... Music. Music? Routed through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Affair. I like that Wookie. Bringing you news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. I just assumed it's a Wookie. Let's get out of here. Ready for light speed? One, two, three. And now your host, Ken. Eric and Mike. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio, uh, where we are translated for the Wookiee Impaired and bring you the hairiest Star Wars. Sound about right? Hey, what? hey, I remember, I resemble that remark. Yeah, so do I. So don't we all. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I will first start off by saying this is going to be our last episode possibly for this year. Who knows? There might be one more sneaking in. But if not, I want to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Merry Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, Tip Top Tet, whatever it is. And of course, happy New Year. And happy New Year. Oh, my stars. I've never been so busy before. It seems Christmas arrives sooner each year. <laughs> And with the way Disney's pulling it off, is Christmas in the Stars. They, they really need to re-release that album. Oh, yes, they did. One of these days, we need to just sit down and break down each track. <laughs> just go through <laughs> the album. Just joy of joys. Because, we, you know, we have played uh, What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas. Uh, yeah. The other tracks on here is Bells, 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 The Odds Against Christmas, uh, R2-D2, <laughs> We Wish You a Merry Christmas, Sleigh Ride, Merry Merry Christmas, A Christmas Sighting, and The Meaning of Christmas. Here's a bit of trivia for you about this album. First album that John Bon Jovi is on. Yes. As John Bonjanovich. It's all because it was his uncle that owned the studio that they recorded this in. It helps to have connections. It uh-huh. does. It does. So, uh, it is Ken, Derek, and Mike. And how are you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. <laughs> yes, and you too, Chew. <laughs> I'm doing great, especially since I've already seen Rogue One. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I told you, I was supposed to see it today if it wasn't for the snowstorm we got. Uh, oh, th- yeah, a real I, I, Star Wars fanboy would gone right through the snow. I, I, I think we lost Ken <laughs> for I think we lost Ken for a moment. Ken, <laughs> yeah. <there>. Ken? Yes? <laughs> yeah, well, I would have, but, you know, I couldn't leave my wife alone to clean up the snow or else I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> I'd be dead. <laughs> 
I have a really bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tell you what, Ben, since you're the only one who has seen a possible non-spoiler review. Oh, I can tell you feelings. This, well, the, this is, this is definitely a Star Wars film. It is different. It has a lot of, um, stuff in there that is not normally a Star Wars thing. Um, it's not as lighthearted as a lot of the other films, but it is phenomenal. It is a war movie, but it's still Star Wars. And there's cameos everywhere. This is definitely in the right time frame. Don't run away from your feelings. <laughs> no, it was amazing. It's like it's all always. What can I tell you without telling you too much? Yeah, because some of the reactions to what you see in there is amazing. I don't want to steal any of that from you guys. Oh, I can't wait to see it tomorrow. My my daughter and I were excited to see it because the one trailer she she caught it before I did. She goes, "Daddy, look the ghost." I'm like, oh, this is gonna the ghost. Be. Oh yes ghost i caught it i've i've heard it's in three separate shots since you brought it up i've heard i i saw it in one it's in but that's not the only rebels reference i'll give you that the, the shot we saw it in is the one that's in the trailer and one of the last trailers where they they show the battle of scarif okay yeah i didn't it, see it in part, that one it's part of the rebel fleet it's uh pretty much one of the main ships it's down and to the left okay but well i've heard also i've not seen it but i guess um the there's an outrigger or an outrider ship the dash rendar ship is actually sitting somewhere in there. I didn't see it. No, I've I've heard because people at work were going, "What was the one ship that was sitting on the launch pad?" It, it kind of had a funky. I'm like, did it look like this? And I showed them a picture of the ghost. And they go, "Yeah, that's it." I'm like, okay, so the ghost is on a landing pad somewhere. Yeah, hmm. like I said, and the ghost is not the only reference to rebels. So I, I'll just wait and let you guys figure the rest of that out. I love that. I love that they did I, that. That's I, awesome. I'm yeah. excited. Now only if they so, actually had the characters as well. So well, I can neither confirm nor deny anything else without giving spoilers. <laughs> then let's leave it at that. I mean, I'll so, tell you if you want. I mean, most no, of the people listening to this have probably no, seen it already anyway. Nope. Oh, we're we're going to spoil the hell out of the show, out, out of this film after the first of the year, if not sooner. After we've already seen it 500 times each. Yeah. It all depends it all depends on people's schedules. So, yeah. But hopefully we we will all be seeing soon. All right, mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be spoiling it soon. I still need to go see it in 3D. I did, I saw it in a regular showing because the, all the um 3D and XD and all that stuff was sold out by the time I got in there. And I was trying to get in right at midnight when the tickets went on sale. Okay. So Actually, that's something I should look up because we're recording this. Let me look up Box Office Mojo and see if they have any early estimates. I'm sure they do. How could they not? Sure, it must be doing very well. If nothing else, they'll have the Thursday night. I think Thursday night they said they did like 50 or 60,000 or 50 or 60 million. Now, Maybe I, not I, that much. but I will say I did get my, my one popcorn tent on I Thursday. I saw that. We, uh, oh, the we, head- went, we saw Moana and uh, Zoe what, was like, ooh, I just want the tent. I got now. You got to buy the whole thing. Melissa goes. This might be worth it if it's that much popcorn, this much drink. Basically, we paid for we paid for for the cup and the tin, the cup, the tin, and the, the topper, and got the product for free. It's almost the way it worked out. Cool. Yeah. See, yeah, I went that to works. um, I went to a Cinemark theater, and I thought they were supposed to be putting out the 3D glasses with this one, like they did with the Force Awakens. No, I didn't see anything about 3D glasses. Yeah. No. The I only thing that, the only thing they had was, and they weren't even giving away when we went in. They had actually a um a Cinemark like poster that they were giving away a Rogue One poster oh, and they cool. weren't even giving those out when I went in on the way out I saw they were handing them out when they were taking tickets I'm like wait wait they didn't have those earlier can I get one it was the last one the dude had <laughs> it's a trap it's not a full size poster yeah it was like an 8x10 or a, um in half by 11 just cardstock type deal yeah well I, I was surprised we didn't get asked to show proof that we were seeing Rogue
Rogue One in order to get this. We were seeing Moana, and this was Thursday, you know, hours before the, the first preview. And yeah. we got the bucket and the cup. Now, AMC, you could go to their site. You, you could buy, for a limited time, you could buy three buckets for 15 bucks. But I'm mm. telling you, there's a fourth bucket because the theater we went to is a Regal th- Cinemas, and they had a fourth bucket that had uh, the Adax on it. Really? Yeah. See, Cinemark that's, didn't have any of them. That's the one I wanted, but Zoe was very insistent to get the one that's got the, the two insignias, the, the Imperial and Rebel. Logo. Yeah. Like I said, Cinemark didn't have any tins or anything like that. They had the regular cardboard um, popcorn container, but they've had that for weeks. Yeah. So, um, well, I but guess... But I do have the, the numbers, the estimates. Okay. As of right now, it says Rogue One debuted with an estimated $71 million on Friday, heading towards a $150 million plus for the weekend. Nice. Wow. Very nice. So it's not... It's, I don't think it's going to hit Force Awakens numbers, but it's close. Well, Force Awakens was, what, 175 Something like that. Well, I can look that up. I'm on yeah. Box Office Mojo. Well, while you're uh, looking that up, how, how about this? Since the last time we talked, I was actually at the transformation of Spaceship Earth to the Death Star. Ah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I saw the video you sent us. Yeah, and, that was cool. And the, the video and photos don't do it justice. I mean, you, you see the... You, I'm sure. Being there in person, you were definitely able to see the details of the S-Star. It, it was kind of cool how they did it. I mean, they, they did, I mean, if you saw it on Disney Park Logs, I mean, yeah, it was kind of cool. But when all of a sudden you heard them say, fire the main, the main cannon, and then you see the five pulses, and then the main beam, I swore I peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, really? <laughs> oh, awesome. I don't think the video showed that. The video showed it lighting up green, but that was it. No, it shows the firing too. I captured it. I'll go back and watch. Oh yeah, it, it fires. And uh, yeah, so with the some of the stuff they discussed is um, premiering this month. Well, already out at this point in time at studios. A um, the launch bay has been updated with authentic replicas from Rogue One. Star Wars story, uh, joining other memorabilia in the preview bay. Uh, also, too, is making of footage from Rogue One has been added on to the Meet the Makers film that's also featured in Launch Bay. In the one popular daytime stage show, Star Wars, A Galaxy Far, Far Away, guests will now get to look at the AWR Trooper, which is the Advanced Weapon Research Troopers, which everyone's nicknaming Death Troopers. To me, that's not the Death Troopers. Death Troopers are the Zombie Troopers. Well, yeah, but in all the uh, marketing and everything else, they're marketed as Death Troopers. Yeah. Zombie Troopers, remember, are legends. Yeah. But so they were basically being brought over. The name Death Troopers was brought over. I believe it was in one of the video games, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Well, I, I know... I know, I know Star Wars Command, uh, Star Wars Commander, they called, they called the zombie troopers death troopers. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, guests get their first look at the AWR troopers from Rogue One, uh, outfitted in their specialized stormtrooper armor with a dark, ominous gleam. The soldiers serve as bodyguards and enforcers for Director Krennic, um, who is a highly placed officer within the Advanced Weapon Research Division of the Empire. Uh, all new trooper sequence will join the show December 16th, which is already passed. Uh, performances daily. Also, too, um, between now and between the 16th through December 31st, Star Wars A Galactic Spectacular will return to Hollywood Studios and will join Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, that's right, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam as a second nightly fireworks spectacular at the park. What was that Um, again? Star Wars A Galactic Spectacular. No, the Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. That's it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The show will continue to be presented in 2017. Uh, Starting mid-December, randomized tracks will be returning to Star Tours, the adventure 
continue. Because when, when Star Tours The Adventure Continues first came out, you had 54 different combinations of the yeah. ride. And then when Force Awakens came out, it was pretty much you were at Jakku and then somewhere else. Um, now it's back to, uh, instead of each ride experience launching from the planet Jakku, the attraction will be randomized to both start and end at different locations for every galactic journey. Uh, new scenes from Episode 8 will be added to Star Tours in the coming year. Also, Before 8's uh, dropped? Uh, probably right around the time 8's dropped. Okay. Well, first. yeah, December is in the coming year. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I, I would think as soon as they announce what the new planet is, because they were going to a planet not yet named from, I, I would think as soon as that planet's named, it might get dropped. Okay. Uh, also, too, new in 2017, for the ultimate fan comes the ultimate tour. An all-new Star Wars guided tour is a seven-hour immersion in all the park's current Star Wars experiences. Wow. This includes a Star Wars all-in-the-know tour guide. Wait, that's good. That's... Oh, wait, <laughs> never mind. Um, priority boarding for Star Tours. The adventure continues. Two Star Wars characters encounter two Star Wars characters, Chewbacca and Kylo Ren, at Star Wars Launch Bay. An in-depth insider's tour around Star Wars Launch Bay. That would be awesome. Get more info uh, about the stuff. Screening, yeah. screening of Star Wars, Path of the Jedi, which I'm waiting for that to appear as a bonus feature somewhere. Um, enjoy Star Wars themed menu. Uh, can't talk right. Enjoy <laughs> Star Wars themed menu item during dinner at Backlot Express. Huh? A spot in the Star Wars Galactic Spectacular Dessert Party, which includes themed sweets and specialty beverages, as well as reserved viewing for Star Wars Galactic Spectacular Fireworks Show. Awesome. Younglings ages 4 to 12 on the guide tour package can also train in the way of the Force and Jedi training trials of the temple. Um, priced at $129 per person. Tours begin January 2nd will be offered on Mondays and Saturdays throughout 2017. Reservations for January tours can be made soon. So, all of that. That, that is amazing. And then, on yeah. to- and then on top of that, they had um, Mads Mikkelsen was there, and he, he showed an exclusive clip between uh, his character and Krennic. Oh, cool. And uh, it, it takes place in a field where he's trying, where Krennic's trying to get him to come back because they need his help with the Death Star. And he's kind of refusing. And, uh, so yeah, it was cool to see that. I will I will say, the guy who talked about all the new park offerings, it was like pulling teeth to get him to talk. Oh, really? And then with Mads, he definitely looked overwhelmed for um, not realizing just what he got into when he signed up to be a part of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because he's part of the James Bond universe, Well, but they're not quite as crazy as Star Wars. Yeah, but well, he, yeah. Well, he was also in something else, too. Uh, he's been in all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's in another major franchise besides Bond. Oh, sh- um, He's in one coming up, a couple coming up, I believe. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, they offer cast discounts for this tour because I really... <laughs> Really would love to, but you know, I would pay. I would pay 129 for it. Anyway, who's in Doctor Strange as well? Oh yeah, that's right. That's Caseless. Uh, so, so yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's what happened that night. I mean, it was pretty awesome. Like I said, I I thought I was going to when when I saw the Death Star fire. It's like, <laughs> uh, who, who who cares about what's happening on on stage? I I, I could really care less. I I, I want to know. I want to know what's going. Uh, just show me the Death Star. And when that popped up. It's like yeah, I could care less about. It what they're talking about then i heard main canon like, my flaw with my flaw with this is they, they talked about how the death star was being attacked attacked by uh, by some small ships and they show x-wings on the screen behind the actors 
why would you fire the main cannon to destroy X-Wings? You wouldn't, because it never would. Exactly. That's my only flaw in all present. Okay, here you go. Mads Mikkelsen, what you were thinking of? Um, Rogue One, Doctor Strange, the Doctor Hannibal Strange. TV series. He uh, was Hannibal Elector in um, the Hannibal TV series. <laughs> Um, it, was, it was Doctor Strange. That's what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, I was thinking, is there any other big ones? Three Musketeers. He's been in stuff all over the place. So, and actually, I got that the numbers. Um, the Force Awakens did um, two hundred forty-seven million opening weekend. So it doubled this, but for this not being a saga film and not being pushed as big as the Force Awakens was, this yeah. is still a phenomenal oh, yeah. opening. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they really, I think they kind of even back off on promotion a little bit as well. I mean, yeah, Force Awakens was. I mean. I mean, that was that was pushed throughout the whole year. I mean, we got trailers early. They kind of yeah. held back on some stuff on this. Yeah, I think they weren't totally sure how it would be seen as not one of the regular episode films. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to be a little cautious. Well, this was a big experiment for Star Wars. Will Star Wars be able to go without Skywalkers and without Jedi? Right. Yeah, I, I don't, from everything that's been said, from what you said, Ken, the Skywalker family, it, they could wrap it up after episode nine. I think the franchise is Okay. Well, wait. Yeah. There is a Star Wars. There is so. a Je- uh, um, Skywalker in this because everybody knows Vader's in this, but it's not his okay. story. Yeah, no, technically. So, well, why don't we get into um, talking a little Star Wars Rebels since we? Did you finally catch up on it? I did finally catch up on it, and uh, the last three episodes were awesome too. The last yeah. three for the first half. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this season's not too bad. I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I like I like how they've uh, kind of jumped ahead a little in the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't jump ahead too far, though. I mean, it was only like no, no. six, eight months, something like that. Yeah, but just enough to make some progress. And, yeah. like, you know, Ezra's a little older. And, and he finally gets right. a haircut. Yeah, yeah. Has a real lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. Although I kind of uh, miss his old one. I kind of like it. Uh, I liked the concept, but I thought it was clunky. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't perfected. but Well, here, from when Kenneth threw job, here, here's like ten highlights from that episode. Actually, Ken, why don't you take Okay. <clears throat> we caught the job. Actually, it's a Honda, it's another Hondo episode, which means it's going to be fun no matter what. Automatically. And it, yeah. Hondo is one of, is most fans, one of their favorite characters that's been on, um, both Clone Wars and on Rebels. This is a character that has gone to all the hearts of all the Star Wars fans, and it's a character that's only been seen in animated fashion. <laughs> but he's but, such a great character. Yeah, he is phenomenal. But um, they, they had the top ten highlights from this episode. This, this is an episode Hondo has another um, idea for the Rebels crew. He's found a um, cargo ship that needs liberated of its weight. <laughs> the problem is it's lost all power and is going down into was um, gas giant planet. Yeah. So, but he talks to crew, rebels into our rebel crew into going in to get this thing because they have proton bombs. Now, for some reason, proton bombs is the only thing they ever go looking for. But <laughs> they need to get proton bombs from it. So sure. they make a deal. Fine, he can have whatever he pulls off of it if they get all the bombs and the weapons and hijinks ensue. Um, yeah. Some of those highlights that they brought up here. Um, my friends, my friends, you know the minute Hondo shows up, things are going to get interesting. Ezra trying to smooth. 
things over and Hondo just or Ezra yeah Ezra trying to smooth things over and Hondo just barrels in with his good cheer and promises Ezra um and oh, his good cheer and promises Ezra excited the rest of the crew well their faces pretty much say it all <laughs> they know who Hondo is they know what's gonna happen um <clears throat> the next crew person they brought in was as Morgan's back yeah um you remember him from the, back on Lothal he was the he was in charge of the basic criminal underground there wasn't he is no um I remember he, was right, the, he had something to do with that the first time we see him is when um when Hera is involved in sh- with Lando and Lando yeah I thought well I thought this guy had something to do with Visago also uh he might have well, I gotta go back and watch it there's a bunch of episodes out there of this <laughs> yeah, yeah my memory is not <laughs> not so good these days yeah well it says um the second one they have here is OMG as Morgan and this one if I remember it has been confirmed this is actually um the name came from Willow that remember um yep. Val Kilmer's oh, character yes yeah Mad yep. Merd- Mardigan or whatever his name was yeah well this is a play on that so but it says someone please get him a handkerchief or a drool cup or at least something for his earwax <laughs> Hera looks about ready to throw him out the airlock any minute especially when he brings up the fact that he's technically still owns her oh who, oh, who am I kidding the incomparable James Hong makes as Morgan grossly delightful yeah <laughs> actor James Hong does the voice for as Morgan yeah he does a great job too next one next up we got Hondo's sales pitch talk about an offer you can't res- you can't refuse no matter how much rest the crew may feel or yeah how much the rest of the crew may feel the payout is worth the risk of course Ezra is upset that Zeb's in charge but as Kanan says Hera's trying to show Ezra that his pirate friend is not the uh, not as kind as he seems she knows Ezra can be influenced by Hondo so she's taking no chances and you see the season that um, Ezra has a lot of influences on him other than just Kanan you have yeah. Hondo pulling one way you got Darth Maul or just Maul pulling another way and we'll get to Maul here in a couple episodes but next thing next up we got everything is going better than expected this plan may be crazy but it's well executed now the plan is for some reason this giant cargo ship the ghost can't land in it i don't know why because it looks like there's plenty of room but so they have <laughs> these giant tow lines that they have to um attach to the two ships and move the cargo across the lines hanging from the lines so this plan may be crazy but it's well executed even with the cranky ezra the ghost crew is running more smoothly than ever and it's not long before zeb ezra hondo as morgan and chopper are in are on the imperial ship they're even getting along mostly Next one, it says, I am attacked. Oh, hi, Melch. Where did you come from? <laughs> I think animated Ugnaughts are cute, even if they're not the best negotiators. Zeb, of course, isn't easily f- so easily fooled. Yeah, so um, Hondo gets on the ship, and his Ugnaughts are already there, his crew. What are they doing there already? Riches untold. Ezra, being so eager to cut open the door with the, his lightsaber, comes back to bite him later. Um, What's going to go wrong now? Oh, Ezra can... Oh, Ezra. <clears throat> I can understand that, though. That's a lot of treasure, and it's easily or easy to get excited for some reason it reminds me of the warehouse in raiders of the lost ark for a second anyone else yeah the big room with all of the crates and things yeah it does yeah, have, have yeah. A raiders. Yeah. Well, did you did you notice there was a uh twilight ark of the covenant no if i yeah. remember yeah I, thought I saw something like that yeah i gotta go back and watch this it was a couple weeks ago so yeah, there's a, a Twilight version of the Ark of the Covenant. Nice. So I, I like well, that. next nice, up. Nice, simple nod. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what's cool about Rebels is they put in these little things like As Morgan and some of these other ones that if you get it, cool. It's a nod and it's a um, kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you don't get it, it really doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And they don't, but they don't beat you over the head with it either. So 
But um, the only or a plan is only crazy and reckless if it doesn't work, right? The music That's on this entire said. sequence. Well, the the music on this entire sequence was just fantastic. Actually, everything was fantastic. The position of the ships, the winch, the cables, the bombs getting sent across. I found myself muttering, "Come on, come on, you can do it." Through most of the scene, unless I was laughing about as Morgan and Hondo's fight fighting over one case when there's treasure everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of amusing. That the two of them they, they couldn't even agree about one case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and was they, entertaining. So the next up, they have proton bombs away. Thankfully, Zeb is keeping everyone on task and sends the bombs first because Ezra keeps getting distracted. And next thing you know, as Morgan is missing and Zeb finds a great deal or a great big sentry droid instead of Mr. Drool, then AP5, AP5 sort of forgot to mention them. Oops. Yeah, because <laughs> remember, AP5 told him about the cargo ships. Yep. Uh, next, we lost Ezra Morgan and the ship is going down. I can only imagine that Ezra is willing to tell, or I can only imagine that Ezra was willing to tell Hera that because he figures he was dead anyway, considering they've lost the stabilizer. <laughs> Lucky for everyone, Chopper finds Zeb and Ezra Morgan. Zeb's advice to let the sentry droid pass is naturally ignored by the cowardly Ezra Morgan, and boom, we've got multiple droids now. And the last one for a highlight here, they have every every man and droid for himself. Danger tends to show people's true nature and that's the case here as hondo and as morgan are all about saving their own skins and treasure chopper too but he's a hero so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) that leaves ezra and zeb to their own devices which include a daring cable swing a thrilling and a thrilling lightsaber action not to mention some much needed help from sabine and kanan and some incredible flying from hera in the end the rebels get their proton bombs yay hondo and morgan get melch yay <laughs> and they kind of own a, each own half of Melch. They're all not. So that's the major yeah. um, highlights from the episode. It was fun stuff. Like I said, yeah. anytime you get um, anytime you get Hondo on an episode, you're gonna have fun. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And there's always some good comical stuff without being like overly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So Derek, why don't you fill us in on uh, inside or an inside? Sure, I would love to. All right. So in an inside man. Hold on one second. <laughs> loading. It's loading. In <laughs> an inside man, Kenan and Ezra go undercover at an Imperial facility on Lothal and discover there's a lot more going on than anyone expected and get some help from an unexpected ally. Here are the top 10 favorite moments. Number one, it's been a while since we had a speeder chase through the streets of Lothal. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, yeah What a chase was. between the speeder flipping all over the place and Kanan and Ezra shifting positions to fight the Empire. There was a lot going on. Not to mention the sideways Jedi lightsaber double swipe to the ATDP's legs. Yeah. Definitely a great way to start the episode. Yeah, that was awesome when they did that. Yeah. It was some it was great ni- stuff. It was nice just being back on Lothal, too. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, two, thinking fast thoughts. It was nice to see the Resistance fight back against the Empire with their own equipment and also learn more about the infiltration of the factory. The big takeaway was the revelation that Phoenix Squadron is planning an upcoming attack on Lothal in partnership with another rebel cell iron squadron bail Organa. what's your guess that would be cool if it was iron squadron yeah it would yeah that would be fun 
because I hope I hope we're gonna at some point see more of Iron Squadron. I would hope so. It'd be nice, you know, in just a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Number three, Thrawn is a really, really bad dude. Yes, he is. Just when you forget how dangerous Thrawn can be, he sets up a demonstration to remind you. You may think you can get something past him, especially given how often the rebels were able to thwart other Imperial officers on Lothal and Garrel. But Thrawn is a new challenge, and forgetting that can be deadly. That's what makes Thrawn so cool. Number four, Chopper's really good at distractions. <laughs> Kanan and Ezra are trapped inside the factory and comms are down. So Chopper sends a speeder bike flying into the wall because of course he does. I also enjoyed the timing between Kanan and Ezra's realization that they need disguises and the appearance of two troopers. Kapow! Situation solved. That was some good stuff. I really like Chopper. He's, he's, at yeah. some point, he's great. At some point, Ezra's been in the Stormtrooper costume so many times, or um, uniforms, someone needs to tell him, are you a little short for a Stormtrooper? Yeah! Oh, Definitely. All right, number five. I love it when a plan comes together. Suddenly I have the A-team stuck in my head. (laughs) The whole scene with Kanan, Ezra, and Chopper working together to get the ID card from the Imperial droid was priceless. Oh, yeah, that was great. It would be so great to see an episode with just the three of them working together, Mission Impossible style. That would be cool. Number six. Thrawn is getting a clearer picture of his enemy. The depth of Thrawn's analytical genius has yet to show its limits and he's already figured out so much. From the malfunctions in the factory to Sabine's Phoenix graffiti, Thrawn sees a larger pattern. He knows the rebels care about Lothal, knows they're headed for Section A2. He's figuring them them out, and that's bad news for our heroes. Again, that is what makes Thrawn so awesome. Yeah. Number the next seven. one wasn't really a surprise when they did it, but it was kind of cool that it, um, everybody had figured it out. I think it... Yeah, yeah. Number seven, Callus is Fulcrum. He knows the code phrase. He's helped them before. He sure sounds like he might be Fulcrum, but it's hard to trust a guy who's tried to kill you multiple times. I guess that would be hard. So it makes Just sense that both <laughs> So it makes sense that both Kanan and Ezra are skeptical. I particularly enjoyed Ezra force pushing Callus through the glass, and Kanan's only objection being that Ezra was the one who did it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. I wanted to do it. <laughs> Number eight, the dance of the walkers. Oh, yeah. This was fun. Rebels Rebels has done some really interesting things with walkers, but I think this is the most intricate yet. Between the ATDP hiding behind one of the ADATs as the other one tries to get a shot, to the first driver deciding just to sit the walker down and crush them. Oh yeah, that was awesome. That's some awesomely creative choreography. Ezra and Kanan's appearance at the end was a cherry on the Sunday. I actually didn't realize that ADATs could do that, but it makes sense, I guess. Sit down like that. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, make it easier to load them. Yeah, definitely. Number nine, a new TIE model fighter. The revelation that Thrawn has working plans for a new TIE with shield capability is a shock and certainly lays groundwork for a battle to come. We haven't seen this ship before, so will we get to watch an act, watch it in action before the end of Season 3? Beyond that, the revelation that Callus is Fulcrum will take some time to suss out. I'll be interested in the in that going forward. Now, did you guys recognize the ship? Uh, yeah. Yes. It's from uh, Star Wars. Uh, I think it was in the Edge original TIE Fighter, Fighter game. Yeah. It's yeah. a TIE Defender. Yeah. 
It's actually, I believe, also in the um, it's now in the Fantasy Flight um, X Wing Minis game. Oh, cool! I think so. Yeah. Have either of you played that? I have two starter sets. I've not got a chance to actually sit down and play it. I know. I'd love to play that. This is the one, the the dice rolling game with the with the ships. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is with the Starfighters because they have two different versions. They have the Starfighters, then they have the Armada, which is the fleet combat, and it's all the larger fleet ships. Right. Uh, I I've, I've played the starter kit at my local shop. I went through a, a demo. It's not it's not bad. It, Definitely it, Fantasy Flight has learned how to sell dice. Yeah. Because <laughs> each of the games uses the exact same dice, but they have different symbols on all of them. Oh, nice. Uh, anyway, back to the show. Uh, number 10, A Spy in the Ranks. Once again, Thrawn's analytical prowess has resulted in a realization that we know to be 100% true. He's not only figured out that someone's helping the rebels, but even claims to have an idea of who it might be. Let's hope Callus finds a way to throw him off the trail before it's too late. Right. So that I know, Darth Maul is in order to keep him looking as smart as he um he is. Callus is gonna. They're probably gonna have Callus try, and Maul's still gonna figure it out. Yeah. Well, here here here's the other one. Um, sort of like a bonus thing. Um, Kanan and Ezra, are we in section B seventeen? Uh, caused a lot of people to do the research. And uh, did you know B seventeen? There is a connection with that number in Star Wars. Okay. And that, and that is B seventeen. It's kind of been used as the model for um the VCX one hundred light freighter named the Ghost. It's kind cool. of got the same. It's kind of got the same bubble front. Um, and because you know the cockpit is centered. Um, and of course, the placement of the guns on the Ghost is very similar to the placement on the on the B seventeen. Yeah, so, the B seventeen had the um, nose gun. Yep. So that so the Ghost, in a sense, is the B seventeen of the Star Wars universe. Nice, interesting. So very interesting. Now, the last episode before the mid season break was Visions and Voices. Um, and of course, we see Ezra is hearing and seeing Darth Maul at random, in which we come and find out they actually have to make that connection. Um, because uh, when they combined the, the two holocrons and then separated, um, it kind of left a little bit of each other uh, w- when the separation occurred. Yeah. So um, the, the first highlight, all is that you. Uh, basically, there's there's something about Ezra trying so hard to focus on the mission, but yet he's hearing Maul's voice, and, and it seems to tug at everyone's heart what's happened. Uh, he's still busy trying to be responsible, take care of business, but yet the dark side is calling back. Um, Ezra's not okay is number two. Uh, it's another moment that was tense and emotional. Uh, there's Ezra so sure that he has Maul cornered, but it takes Kanan to use the force to restrain him before he realizes how close he came to killing a fellow rebel soldier. Uh, you can tell everyone's really scared, uh, even as Sabine and Kanan joke about Hera being willing to leave him, leave them behind to complete the mission. Sabine and Kanan, sass is always a highlight. Um, this is one of those times, number three, Bindu is not helpful, or is not always helpful. Uh, Kanan and Ezra try, tend to forget just how neutral Bindu truly is. For Bindu, the only thing that matters is balance. He offers only questions to the Jedi. The answer, however, presents itself in the form of Darth Maul himself, who knows the location, Chopper Base, and has tracked them to Atollan uh, information he's more than willing to use to leverage Ezra and leaving with him. And of course, this all comes from the connection they made when searching for answers with the holocrons. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have tense negotiations. Both Ezra and Kanan are leery of any alliance with Maul. Uh, of course, who wouldn't be? However, the information uh, yeah. the information Maul and Ezra seek is jumbled up in, in both their minds, and Maul's plan to will help Ezra as much as it does him. Maul has them between a rock and a hard place, but Ezra also has a much better idea of what he's dealing with. 
then we we have that vacation destination from Star Tour, Dothamir. <laughs> uh, Dothamir. Now, did you guys did you guys think we'd actually see the ghost of Mother Talzin? I didn't think so, but it was so cool that. We yeah. Well, no, we didn't get Talzin. We got the we got a couple of other Night Sisters. Yeah, I thought we saw her briefly. No, I don't think she was in that at all. I, I wish I almost yeah, wish it would have been so. her. I thought she, I thought they were starting to show her her headpiece and then transformed her into another. During that whole, look, but... I mean, I don't think it was actually her, but I think it was they're going through the shape to get to the Night Sister that they they use. They oh, might have, but... yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was cool there. Um, one man's junk is another man's prized artifact. Uh, it, it becomes clear that all needs Ezra, and he seems generally frustrated that Ezra just won't get with the program. However, <laughs> it's understandable Ezra won't trust him as he looks around the nook that Maul has created for artifacts, such as the the drawing of of Satine, is a uh, pretty scary. The real yeah. the real jewel of the crown, though, however, is the dark saber. I was yes. so geeking out when I saw. All that that uh, I love that thing. Yeah. Uh, the seventh highlight is the vision becomes clear in the relationship where Maul offers uh, often has the upper hand. This is something that um, watching Ezra hold his own and make the former Sith bring the potion burst. Well, pretty cool. Uh, once connect, the vision becomes clear for both of them. They get the knowledge they seek. A desert planet with two suns and a man named. Oh, it's kind of cool because if you look, um, and actually that's not the um, actual thing for Ezra. Ezra was looking for um, hope in a way to destroy the Sith. Right. Both answers are on Tatooine, but Kenobi is not the way to destroy the Sith. No, but that's the guide to help destroy the Sith. Yeah. Is through but the answer, is, the answer is on Tatooine, because I'm thinking um, Ezra's quest, he's never going to fulfill it, obviously, but I think his quest would actually end at Luke Skywalker. Uh, could be. Possibly, but then again, if Obi-Wan could, could be the one that, that gives him hope, because he's the one who's going to end up finding Luke and training him. Yeah. Possibly. Well, you got to think, um, really, the, what is it that saved Vader and destroyed the Sith? It was Luke's love for his father. True. It was love that destroyed the Sith. Right. But right now, so Kenobi didn't a, have that. There's only a few people who would know that Luke is Anakin's son, and Kenobi yeah. is one of those people. You got to right. remember, this vision is being pushed by the Force, and the Force knows all this stuff. Right. So, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. Uh, magic always has its price, comes in at number eight. Um, Maul kind of leaves out the information about the Night Sisters would demand um, and what they demand as payment. When Sabine and Kanan get possessed, Maul says he'll help save them, but he ends up saving his own skin and then implores Ezra to come with him. Uh, so that way they could travel as friends, as brothers. Uh, Maul sounds greatly sounds generally pained when Ezra refused, um, but ultimately leaves him to his fate. And then uh, number nine, the light battles dark in multiple ways. And we see this off and on. You know, the lightsaber versus dark saber. Uh, Sabine fights Ezra. Ezra, Kanan on the altar, uh, what all promises Night Sisters. Uh, all of this was you now intriguing. And then number ten was Kenobi. Now we now that we have confirmation that Obi Wan Kenobi is the answer to both Maul and Ezra's question, races on. As Sabine says, it's gonna take time to track down the right desert planet with twin suns. But knowing what and who to look for will help. They now know that Maul wants what Maul wants where he's going. Um, but at the same time, it was intriguing to see Sabine take the Darksaber, especially with her history and the um, um, now, since the, the blade is interwoven with her family history and the history of Mandalore. Exactly. Remember, that was pre-Vizsla's blade, and yeah. she's from Clan Vizsla. So, definitely she knows knows who she is, or what the, mm-hmm. the saber is. Um, well, you gotta remember earlier, when um, Ezra first saw it, Maul told him that you should ask your friend Sabine about that. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, 
Well, I think at this point in time, I'm going to turn this part over to our book junkie. And uh, why don't you fill us in, Ken, on uh, the, the reading guide to Rogue One books. Okay. Well, they got um, Rogue One, just like all the other Star Wars movies, there's a, a whole lot of books that actually come out for this. Um, I actually did, I lazy read the um, Catalyst this week from Audible, and it, it was phenomenal. It was basically, it gives you the backstory of um, the book starts months before um, Jyn Erso is born up through about two to to three years before um, Rogue One is when it stops. And most of the book is about the relationship between Krennic and Galen Erso. And Galen Erso doing development and stuff um, for the main weapon of the Death Star without knowing that's what he's doing. The whole time he's wanting to study kyber crystals to um, as a renewable energy source for developing planets. He wants nothing to do with, um, because this starts actually during the end of the Clone Wars. He wants nothing to do with the war. That's why he won't work for the Republic. He's working for a private company, and um, he's basically he studies crystals. So the entire book, you get to watch back and forth as the two of them are working together as um, Krennic is actually working his way up through the ranks. He starts off as a a mid-range guy in the um, Imperial Corps of Engineers. He gets added to the Special Weapons Group, which is basically the group of people building the Death Star, and slowly through uh, through machinations and stuff, working his way up through the ranks. And it Basically, the uh, book parallels the two of them as they're going and doing the research and things like that, and um, all the way ultimately to where um, Galen figures out what's going on, and they did they take the family into hiding, which is what you get at the beginning of Rogue One. So, and there's a bunch of other characters in there that end up being spoilers for Rogue One that I'm going to leave for the moment since you guys haven't seen it. Um, but Saw Gerrera is in it also in the end. Okay. So you find out why Saw knows um, Jin and the Ursos. So, so should should but, you watch the watch the movie before reading the book, or does it matter? Or? Either way, it works. Um, the book you don't have to see read the book to see the movie. The movie is completely self contained and it is phenomenal. Right. But um, the book adds extra if you want to, or you can go back and read it as a backstory. So it works either way. Cool. But the first book they actually have on their list here, a guide to Rogue One books, is actually the novelization of Rogue One, and it has here. Um, um, once to relive the rush of the rebellion on built on hope, the novelization of Rogue One: A Star Wars Story is available as an ebook on the 16th, which it's already available now, and in hardcover on the 20th from Del Rey. Written Tuesday. by Alexander Frieder, huh? That'll be Tuesday. Yes, it's written by Alexander Frieder. Frieder is the author of um, Battlefront: Twilight Company, which focused on the regular Rebel Alliance troops on the front lines as they move from battle to battle. And I bet that. Um, Ah, uh, wait, we're there. And I bet that the um, that Frieder's ability to bring military characters and action to life is a great match for the story of Rogue One. Remember, I said this is a war movie. And if you <clears throat> if you'd rather listen to the story, the unabridged audiobook read by Jonathan Davis, who's a phenomenal um, narrator, he does he's done many, many, many of the Star Wars novels, will be available for purchase for download on the 16th and on CD on the 22nd from Penguin Random House um, Audio. So, and more likely, the easiest way to get get that is. Gonna going to be through um, Audible. And don't forget that Rogue One, the Rogue One prequel novel, Catalyst, by James Lucino, um, is already in hardcover ebook and audiobook. Which, which you talked about earlier, listening to the audio. Yes. Exactly. Um, and it's it's like 11 hours, so depending on like your ride to work or something like that, it doesn't take that long to get through. Um, what was that? I was say, it's kind of fun listening to audiobooks, especially like something like that, because it's kind of like listening to a movie almost. See, yeah. Me, it, well, the nice sometimes, thing is, sometimes for me, it's just the easiest way for me to read it well yeah. sure there's or, that or, or, or get the story um only because well, the, um, i just don't have the time a lot of times to sit down and physically read read the books yeah right Not like i want 
And Penguin yeah. Random House does a really good job in their production of it, adding sound effects and adding the music and things like that. It feels like you're in Star Wars. Now, That's for awesome. me, I, I love I love the audiobooks where the book has been uh, dramatized. And it's yeah. like you're listening to a radio show with the narrator. Oh, I love radio film. dramas, so yeah. Yeah. Where, where the narrator is kind of filling in between. Yeah, this is. Well, I'm hoping at some point we can actually get um, episodes one, two, and three, and seven actually as radio dramas. We have the original three on the radio drama. Which I do own. Yes. I have them on audio tape, so i got to figure out a way to transfer that over easily. I'm (laughs) sure there's a way. If I remember right, my library actually has the tech to do that. Now, the easiest thing is, though, is you can get the, um, if you're interested, you can download those from just about any digital library and listen to them whenever you want. Yeah. But back to the books that are coming out, the next one up is Star Wars Rogue One, the ultimate visual guide. Now, um, if you want to know more about what's actually seen on the screen um, and who are all the guys in the background, this is the book for you. The first stop has got to be um, the visual guide written by Pablo Hidalgo. This guy knows his Star Wars. Yes, he does. Um, yes. Pablo is a member of the story group and if you want your twitter blowing up follow pablo hidalgo he tweets all the time it's a 200 page reference book from dk that's full of images and stills from the movie detailing the characters tech and places of rogue one more than just a visual dictionary it also includes new cross sections of vehicles and locations and since it's from lucasfilm story group um story group's go-to person for the star wars knowledge and author of numerous guidebooks like the um force awakens visual dictionary and the essential readers companion you know it's going to be full of all kinds of cool facts yeah So that's um that's basically the visual guy. That's most of it. Um, let's see. They mentioned a couple of other stories here. If visuals from the film aren't enough, you can dive into the design elements with the art of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Usually, those are filled with all kinds of the costume um, costume paintings, concept art, just different sketches, the matte paintings that they use in the background. All of that stuff will be in your art of Rogue One. Um, then it says, "Get stuck on e- get stuck in quotes on even more knowledge with the ultimate sticker guy- encyclopedia of Rogue One from DK." It has over a thousand stickers um with over a thousand stickers you'll have a lot of fun covering every surface imaginable with the character ships and scenes from the movie but there's more than just adhesive fun here it's also chock full of facts peel over um peel on over to our behind the scenes look at this oh okay they have uh, more of this in a different article um if you want intel from in the universe perspective they have a rogue one rebel dossier um brings together the rebellion's data files on our um heroes and their missions in a book written by jason fry and published by Disney Lucasfilm Press. Um, let's see, and one more here for this was mo- this was all under kids stuff. But uh, anybody who's reading these DK books, it's not just for kids. Now, if you're seeing if you're seeing the entire galaxy as your aim, um, or if seeing the entire galaxy, check out Star Wars Galactic Maps. Um, it's currently out in the UK now, and it's on sale in the US on September 20th. It covers worlds of the entire Star Wars saga, including Jetta, um, Jetta from the Rogue One. Now, Rogue One does have plenty of other planets. It's not like a lot of the other stories where, or the other movies where you get like three planets and that's it. This one bounces around a lot of planets. So, but you get Jetta in this one. Um, cool. It's illustrated by Tim McDonald or Dono. Um, the Atlas brings together maps describing the happenings of the on the worlds of Star Wars, as well as star charts and illustrated timelines and bios for key historical figures. In the Star Wars in a galaxy far, far away. So, and now that all the books are canon, that means we actually have a full star chart that'll show you where all the stuff in the galaxy is. Awesome. Yeah. Where is Tatooine in response or in um 
what makes up the core, the mid rim, the outer rim, and all that stuff. Right. Um, and then in January, um, Titan is going to put out Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the official collector's edition, which I believe is it says here. Yeah, Titan usually puts out magazines, so this is going to be one of the big um, flat, one of the big thick magazines for it. Um, and then the rest, they have a bunch of kids' books. These ones actually are kids' readers and things. A couple of that, a couple of things there, but that's most of the stuff they're putting out. They have one of the everybody's everybody's into the adult coloring books. Well, they have a Rogue One, a Star Wars story coloring book now. Adult coloring book. It's the art of coloring. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So now Marvel has Marvel Comics has a Star Wars color your own um, book out as well. Yeah, I know um, DC has a couple of those out too, or a couple of those out for DC Comics. I know Marvel's put out theirs too. Like everybody's putting out coloring books right now. Yeah, because it's the thing to do. Well, that's right. So that's most of the books that they had on the list here. Cool. Well, I'm going to throw in there um, a holiday guide that's courtesy of StarWars.com. Um, and to start off the list, the Columbia Rogue One jackets, which I think you guys might <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, but you could definitely got, use those. You got Jen Urso's jacket, uh, Cassian Andor's jacket, parka, and the Death Trooper rain jacket. Does that parka look familiar? Looks, a little. Looks very similar to Han's. The right color. But actually, it's the wrong color. Han. Han. I, I actually know. have a friend who has um, Jin's jacket. I don't know if it's the one from Columbia, but she has Jin's jacket because she's put together an entire Jin Urso cos- cosplay now already. She had it a couple months ago. Uh, also, I love I that rain jacket. Yeah, yeah, that thing's awesome. Uh, Rogue One Funko Pop figures are available. Oh, uh, oh, I saw a bunch of those yesterday when I was out shopping. So adorable. Don't forget your Star Wars Christmas sweater. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I love that one with the ad You, so you cool. really, really want to support uh, surprise that Star Wars fan of yours? How about tickets to the upcoming Star Wars celebration here in Orlando? Uh, April 36th. Uh, again, being mentioned, Star Wars Catalyst. Now, that almost seems like that needs to be the name of this episode. Episode 10. Yeah. Catalyst. That sounds good. Um, I like it. The Art of Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Uh, that book. Uh, this would be pretty awesome as well. Uh, how about Star Wars Stickers 2 in the Apple iStore? Or in the iTunes Store? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hallmark's 2017 Christmas Collection featuring a Rogue One Death Trooper ornament. That's cool. Seriously considering that one. Uh, Sparrow's yeah, BB-8 with Force Band. Uh, I still want one of those. The Rogue One rapid fire imperial at act by hasbro ellen heads on her show oh and really she, and she got it to fire and it the, the darts fire pretty far cool the thing is you look at them and it's like um and first when you first saw in the um trailers it looked like this had some major differences but really it's the at with a g- red, yellow door instead of a gray door yeah. Well, the the side plates were fully. It, it seemed like the side plates were actually on a regular at 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 on a at at. It's it's a it's an armor wall, whereas this is a cargo container that's able to come right. out. Yeah. yeah. That's the only difference. But the cool thing about this is is remote control, or you can program it to just move on its own. Oh, it walks. It walks. Whoa, nice. That's awesome. Where was this? We were kids. I know, right? Yeah, but we couldn't control it with Bluetooth when we were kids. It didn't matter. I would have taken a remote control for it and made it walk or, or sit there and go okay I want it to go forward 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 stop turn left forward 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 if hey, I had to program we it had in that, that way I would do it we had a hand puppet version when we were kids yeah. remember the original AT-AT toy where you reach inside and it had the little lever that oh, yeah, controls yeah. the head oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you had a button that made the really bad grinding noise for the lasers yeah yep. well I also remember too with the uh, ATSTs you want the, the button to, on the back the button on the back which was the yeah. uh, the handle to hold 
hold it. Yeah, from yeah. the legs. Yeah. Now, Disney Store has Star Wars Elite Series premium action figures. They're similar to the uh, uh, Black Series, but they're more of a die-cast metal. They are. If I remember, they did like 50 bucks each, too. Um, It's something like, it's right around that. No, I don't think they're that much. Let me look it up real quick. 35 bucks. For the- okay. That's still not cheap. Um, yeah. Disney Store Imperial Death Trooper voice chain. Cool. If that's not good enough, what about the Lego Rebel U-Wing fighter set? See, oh. Lego is so awesome, but I can't buy any of it because I did the money. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's the problem. It's expensive. The company Propel, they're Star Wars drones. I saw yesterday, we were walking through the mall at uh, Brookstone. One of the guys um, in the store was actually flying out in the middle of the mall the X-Wing drone. Oh, cool. This thing yeah. awesome. It would actually do 360s. Oh, we were at Target. They had a huge twin ball. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, this would be haunting. Um, Now, from Thinky, how about uh, some Moss Eisley Cantina bland cut? Well, no, not when Thinky <laughs> brings you Star Wars geeky tiki's. Yes, I saw, I've seen, I saw those earlier this week. They look awesome. I know. Those are so cool. I and love then, Thinky. And then finally, to wrap it up, the Death Star popcorn curve. <laughs> That's kind of cool, too. I saw the R2-D2 one. I've not seen the Death Star one. It, it's awesome. This would go great with a new popcorn that I have. It certainly <laughs> would. So, um, and then coming from Marvel next couple weeks, uh, we have Star Wars Dr. Aphra number two. Um, I do have number one, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah, um, same thing with me. But it, <laughs> it's it's coming. And if it's if the character, well, if Karen Gillian does anything like he did with, with Vader's character book, it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. And then, and then Star Wars number 26 comes out uh, on the 28th. So, um, you know, I saw this one last thing, and uh, it's 11 movies and TV shows that tried to be Star Wars. <laughs> obviously, I think we covered uh, that, didn't we? I don't know. This could be a different list. Okay. Uh, so here, here's, uh, this came from Den of Geek, um, and this is their salute to 11 films and TV shows that tried, <laughs> but was not quite Star Wars, uh, such as Star Trek II, The Wrath Con. I don't see that trying to be Star Wars. No. I, I didn't. Uh, their explanation, well, f- for the first outing on the big screen Trek, the premise was a big galactic cerebral space epic filled with more high highbrow sci-fi elements and a deathly slow plot. Uh, for the second movie, however, the writers learned their lesson, found out that people actually wanted a space opera, namely space battles, bad guys, monsters, and ladies, and all things that a few years previously Lucas had invited in a very different franchise. Uh, it's iconic that nearly 15 years later, Lucas in turn took a look at Star Trek motion picture and used its slow, meandering, dead-behind-the-eyes style made a trilogy of emotionless movies that sapped all the love people have for him for the original and turned either fans and audiences against them. Uh, number two is Crawl. <laughs> number crawl. two is Crawl. Yep. I disagree um, with that. Number three, Message from Space. I'm not familiar with uh, Number four. Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of that one. Battle Beyond the Stars. This one is a straight Star Wars ripoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one is definitely. Jason of Stark. I've heard of it. I don't yeah. I don't know how much Star Wars it is, though, because I've never actually watched it. Uh, number, uh, keep going. Star Crash. It's a, it's a weird Italian sci-fi. Yeah, if I remember it, they actually, that may be the one that actually used footage from Star Wars in it. Or no, there was a Turkish one that actually used yeah. stuff that they cut from Star Wars in it yeah. and tried to call it something else. How about the last Starfighter? I don't see it being Star Wars other than it's got no. space battles in it. Yeah, exactly. I actually it. have that on Blu-ray. The Black Hole. Again, I don't see that either. No. Um, other than the fact a lot of these came out right after Star Wars came out, so it was, they were probably trying to, um, they were trying to capitalize on the popularity of Star Wars and sci-fi in general yeah which is what what happened with Battlestar Galactica yeah 
And Buck Rogers. Yeah. Uh, Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin. That sounds familiar. I've never seen most of these movies, but... Oh, that was a cartoon. Okay. Um, Space Hunter, Adventures of the Forbidden Okay. And that's it. A couple of those were straight up knockoffs of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Some of them, I think they were reaching a little bit. That too. That too. So, well, I think that's going to conclude it for this week. Um, any final thoughts? If you've not seen Rogue One, go see it. If you've already seen it, go see it again. <laughs> Definitely. If you've seen and it again more, and again. If you've seen it more than twice, go see it again. Go buy the $100 ticket. Have you guys heard about that one? Yeah. No. I think it's Regal ticket. has a $100 ticket. It's You get a um, specialized like diecast card that um, it gives you one ticket to go see um, Rogue One every day it's in theaters. Wow. You no can go kidding. see it one day, one time every day, every day. Wow. So if you see it enough, it actually does pay for it. If you see it more than oh, yeah. probably 10 times, you pay for it yeah wow so, uh what about you derek final thoughts um no nothing other than i can't wait to see rogue one tomorrow oh uh, <laughs> i'll wait till thursday but i can't you don't have to wait i kind of yeah make yeah. thursday your second viewing no i promise i'll see it the first time with my daughter she she is so see yeah you can't break well. that promise and to me i'm so excited that she gets to see our stormtroopers not the clone troopers not first order troopers, our stormtroopers. so yeah I, i'm stoked about that i really really am so well then if that's gonna wrap it up for us give the evacuation code signal all right cut the chatter jet i can hold it pull up no i'm all right i have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this r2 unit i've lost r2 <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>